The 2023 NFL Draft is in the books. So on this episode, we're going to go over where we got things right and where we got things wrong on the Fired Up NFL Draft podcast. You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. And I'm your host, Brian Lamb uh, from NFLDraftLounge.com. Joined as always by Sean Balzer. What's up, Sean? What's up, Brian? Doing uh, doing pretty well. Sad the draft's over. Um, always a always a fun experience. Hate to uh, wait another year for it. And you know, now we've got what four more months until football <laughs> really starts. So uh, sad time of the year, but uh, fun to to look back at what we got right, what we got wrong. Happy to uh, you know own my L's, but I think we had a, I think we had a pretty good uh, uh, draft season. We did. Uh, so now all the teams uh, have selected their players. So it's uh, time for the end of the world. Um, so we're going to look at uh, what we got right and what we got wrong and uh, go from there. So you're going to be first up on, uh, on the show with Sam Laporta, who was selected 34th overall by the Lions. So we did these hot takes and listen, uh, I, I put together these hot takes to try to be as spicy as possible. Things that I thought maybe had a small chance of happening, but uh, weren't super likely. And and one of them was Sam Laporta's tight end three. Uh, little did I know that wasn't spicy enough. Uh, I, listen, I like Michael Mayer. Um, I'm shocked that Sam Laporta went over Michael Mayer. Um but I love the guy. Uh, I mean, just like I said, athletic freak. He didn't have the high production there at Iowa because that offense was uh, not great. <laughs> you know, he, he uh, commanded heavy target share, especially for, uh, you know, inline tight end. Uh, I love Sam Laporta. I, I thought it would take two years for this, uh, this hot take to look good, but uh, boom, right out of the gate, the, the lions who did, all kinds of crazy stuff in this draft uh, you know, made that take look good. Nothing against Luke Musgrave. And, you know, we didn't know Darnell Washington had the, uh, I believe it was a knee injury that, that caused him to fall. Uh, you know, who knows if he had, had a chance to go above uh, Laporta, but uh, I'm, I'm taking a full victory lap on Sam Laporta going 34th overhaul here as, as tight end two. Um, I think he could rival, Kincaid uh, as the best receiving tight end in, in the, uh, in this class. Uh, you know, obviously I think Michael Mayer's right there, but the, uh, <laughs> the later round Mark Andrews uh, <laughs> comp, uh, not as crazy anymore. No, I mean, he didn't have a lot of things high, including his height uh, came <laughs> at six, three. He was the shortest tight end at the NFL combine. Uh, Dalton Kincaid was just above him uh, uh, by, I think two tenths, two eighths, whatever that is. Um, still shortest uh, tight end at the combine. Um, if you go back to what I said about the tight end class, uh, I, I said you can kind of go back to, I think it was the 2017 or 2018 tight end group. And there were a lot of comparisons there. Mm, you know, you, you have three or four different types of, of tight ends in each class. Uh, and if you go back to look at that, where you had people like Hayden Hurst, Ian Thomas. I think Mark Andrews was in that one as well. Mark Andrews, Goddard was in there. Uh, Jacecki, yeah, all these guys. Um, you know, a bunch of different tight ends, uh, different makeups, and they all just kind of went, you know, uh, 
not really according to, to kind of how most draft analysts had him ranked. Um, and if you go back and, and look at the draft this past weekend, I think it was kind of the same way. A lot of people had Michael Mayer first. Um, you know, Laporte, I think, was maybe down a little bit further. Um, you know, Dalton Kincaid was up there. Luke Musgrave was up there. Um, you know, I don't know if Shoemaker was as high as he was. Um, same thing with Britton Strange. Um, you know, it, like I said, I think you could kind of make some comparisons between those two. And, uh, in my opinion, it's kind of how it played out. Yeah. I don't think anybody had Shoemaker higher than maybe six. I want to say zero line. Yeah, it was, uh, that's the highest yeah. I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even going further down that, uh, that tight end class, you know, people like Payne Durham, uh, watched him play at the senior bowl. Wasn't super impressed, uh, but he came off in the fifth round, 171 overall. Zach Zach Kuntz went a little bit lower than I thought he would. He tested, you know, 10 on you know relative athletic score, which we, we consistently quote, but obviously uh you know he hit a 10 on there. He he's a he's an athletic monster. I thought maybe he'd go a little bit higher. Um yeah, that was 220 overall uh to the the Jets. Um next up. This comes from our uh, mock draft 2.0. I had Clemson defensive lineman Brian Breesey, uh going 29th overall to the Saints. Uh, it's just a fit I've liked all year long, um, and and now that we we see it happen, uh, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna own that one a little bit. Um, love that that pick, love that fit. Uh, think it, it's the right uh, pairing for both of those guys. Yeah, early in the offseason, I mean, I don't think either one of us would have put them at 29, uh, especially the Saints who didn't have a first-round pick early in the offseason. Uh, it was a little bit of a fall for him, but but good for him. He, he still ends up in the first. I, I you know, a small L for me here. I, I struggled. I, I tried to fit him in 29, 30, 31 uh, in, the, in my final mock. I, I left him out. I put him, I put him as my one of my first five out. Um, it's hard, hard to fit him in, but... Uh, congrats to you. You, you nailed this one for sure. Yeah, I did a mock draft in February, four rounds. Uh, this was before, uh, Carolina moved up to one. So I actually had the Colts moving up to one, uh, and Carolina moving up to five with Seattle. And I had Seattle taking him, uh, taking Brian Breesy ninth there. So yeah. like, like you mentioned, there is a fall there, but, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I saw it and picked up on it. So. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, moving on. Deontay Banks goes 24th overall to the New York football giants. I'm, I'm glad we're doing all the uh, correct things first to uh, boost my ego before we kill it. Um, Deontay Banks, this was a, this was a spicy take when, when we recorded that um, I think it was fairly spicy. I didn't look at the, you know, the, the line on DraftKings or anything, but uh, putting Deontay Banks above Joey Porter at the time was uh it was it was a hot take. Maybe it wasn't a ten out of ten on the spicy level, but it, it was definitely a hot take at the time. The Emmanuel Forbes team hadn't really come in hot there at that time either. Um, yeah, I mean, that, like I said on that hot take, there was just so many so many teams that had him in. You know, uh, roughly around the fifth, the teams that were picking ten to twenty, and then I think twenty two. Like I said, I thought the Ravens were the absolute floor, but. Um, of all the players that had top 30 visits, I think he was, you know, one of the most sought after. Um, I just, 
the, the interest was there and it was clear he's, he's going, you know, 15 to 20, 22. So nailed it. Yeah. NFL mock draft database had uh, Joey Porter 14th, Deontay Banks 20th. Uh, and their projection for Porter was 16th to Washington. They ended up taking Emmanuel Forbes. I thought that was really early for him. Um, and then the uh, the projection for Deontay Banks was going 17 to uh, the Steelers. So obviously, you know, they they went offensive lineman. They took uh, Broderick Jones when they moved up to 14, and then took Porter uh, 32nd overall. So I, I know this is this take isn't about Emmanuel Forbes, but and the guy's a stud. Don't get me wrong, but 166 pounds. That's uh, that's, that's light. It's an interesting draft for uh, you know size profiles, obviously, with uh, Bryce being the most interesting one. Well, you can look at at Tank Dell too. I think he's one sixty five. He's sure. going to be a slot receiver in the NFL. That dude's yeah. going to get crushed. There's <laughs> a bunch of bunch of tiny guys, uh, especially the slot wide receivers. Be very interesting to follow. So another one, I feel like I got it right. Uh, I talked about it on here for the hot takes. It was that I thought that the first round lacked premium trade value. So, you know, looking back at it, we see Houston moved up uh, for Will Anderson up to three. Um, outside of that, there really weren't that many big jumps for a player, right? You didn't see anybody move from the 20s up to early teens. You didn't see anybody, you know, give up multiple picks to move all the way up. Um, you saw... Philadelphia move up one, right, for Jalen Carter. Uh, you know, the, the Lions moved up and, and kind of moved around the board. Uh, so did Arizona. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh we just mentioned. But you really didn't see big jumps that we've seen in the past. We, uh, we only saw the one first-round pick, right? Yeah. 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 So I, I'm going to own that one. Uh, for obvious reasons, but yeah, you know, I, I just didn't think that this draft and these players, um, really contained premium trade value, uh, not just for the quarterback position, but, but all positions really. Yeah. I'll definitely give you this one. The, 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 the area where I thought you were, had the highest probability of being wrong was with a uh, Hendon hooker or will Levis falling to the 10 ish range with somebody like maybe Minnesota trading up and, not only did they, that not happen, they passed on Will Levis and Hendon Hooker all together. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that the Houston Texans were going to trade up from 12 to 3 with their own first-round pick in 2024, which is likely to be quite valuable. Um, still don't really understand that one. Uh, Will Anderson, obviously a beast, great prospect. Congrats, Houston. You got you, you got a stud, but uh, not, not a big fan of the, the use of resources there. So... Hey, uh, good good call on this one for sure. I I will defend Houston for just a quick minute. Um, entering the twenty twenty three draft, they came in with twelve picks, and I think they hold they held the uh, highest value, uh, tied with Kansas City, right? Kansas City, really? Yeah. So they're not going to. Uh, or, or maybe Kansas City also had 12 picks. I think those two teams had the highest number of draft picks at one point. Um, so it's unlikely that they were going to use all 12 picks, okay? You have a lot of holes on your team. Um, at some point, you got to fill them. So 
<laughs> it's, it's getting tough. Um, I I like them taking CJ Stroud at two. Because yes. That, that completely resets. Yes. And, and, and just destroys everybody's board from that point down. Right. Yeah. My, my, mine included. But it, despite the fact that they ruined my board, like props to them for that one. Congratulations. You selected the second best quarterback in this draft. You didn't make a yeah, huge mistake. You, you didn't make a huge mistake by passing on quarterback altogether. Yeah. I, I like CJ Stroud. I hope he hits for you. For you, Houston. Uh, congrats on not making a terrible decision by passing up quarterback altogether. Yeah. So by taking Stroud, I think that kind of really killed Tennessee's plan to move up. Uh, that was, I know that was uh, reported out there. Quite possibly, yeah. So, you know, they 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 killed that. So now they're it's just them, right? It they just had to beat the offer. Um, so I I like them coming up to get a franchise. Uh, piece on the defensive line uh, in Will Anderson Jr. I would have gone Tyree Wilson, but that's just me. Um, I think he's a well. I think he's a more versatile player. Uh, Wilson, I think, can play some defensive tackle, uh, defensive end, and outside linebacker. I think Will Anderson Jr. is probably more of just a defensive end. Um, I, I don't know if he can really do more than that. Uh, he does it well. He does it great. Um, I just don't know if he's more than that. And like we've talked about off of here, I thought that Will Anderson lacked uh, a lot of tools in his in his arsenal to to be able to d- defeat uh, offensive tackles. Um, I think he's raw, uh, but at, at the same time, I think D'Amico Ryan's is probably the right guy to to you know develop him. So I love the fit. Um, and I'll, I'll defend that trade a little bit uh, in that you have 12 picks. You're not going to use them all. Um, yeah, you're, you're not going to compete for a Super Bowl next year, but um, you got to take a swing for it, right? And and you, you've been one to mention it on, on you know, like these quarterbacks. Well, you know, you, you have these two guys, and this one's a, a really good player but I think he's a safe option. And this one has a higher ceiling, but that floor may be low. And you're like, well, I don't want to go safe. So, you know, they, they took a swing. We'll see if it, it plays out for them. It's a lot to give up, like you said, uh, but they do have Cleveland's first round pick uh, next year. So they still, they're still picking in the first round. So it's not a ton to give up, um, but we'll see if it works out for them. A t- terrible, terrible process in my mind. But listen, you got you got your quarterback. You got a, a stud the end. Um, you know, just close your eyes when that pick uh, ends up as Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. <laughs> Six Aver worthy. Um, all right, you're up with four wide receivers selected in the first round. So I'm taking a victory lap here because I've been I've been pushing this all off season that the top four wide receivers are going to go in the first round. And it was just nonstop in the, the weeks leading up to the draft that, oh, you know, there, there might only be two wide receivers in the first round. Uh, you know, Kuyper, McShay kept leaving Quentin Johnston out of the first. Uh, Benjamin Albright tweeted that we may only see that we may see more running backs come off the first than wide receivers. Which I'm sitting here thinking, does he think does he think Charbonnet's a one all of a sudden? There's just does he really think like we're only going to get who I assume he thought was Jackson Smith and Jigwa in the first. 
but you know, early in the offseason, McShay had Jackson Smith and Jigba out of the first. There was there was so much uh, animosity towards this wide receiver group, and it it went overboard. Like early in the offseason, people loved Quentin Johnston. You know, he you know the at least the mocks did. He was in the ten to fifteen range. I thought that was high. At no point did I say that any of these wide receivers are Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith or Justin Jefferson, right? But these wide receivers belong in the first round, and these wide receivers are going to be very productive in the NFL. Now, you know, landing spot and quarterback and situation and yada yada yada. But we got our four. You know, to to be fully transparent, my hot take was that we might get five. Now that was a ten out of ten spicy take. I only missed it by eight spots, I believe. Mingo went uh, eight spots later. I I thought that there was a chance that a Mingo or a Hyatt might go there to to Kansas City. There were just so many teams that needed wide receiver at, at you know twenty to thirty one, including at 20, 21, 22, and twenty three, just like it went in the draft. Um, honestly, when I got boom, 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 there at twenty, you know twenty to twenty three, I thought maybe uh, the Giants, maybe the Cowboys, maybe uh, the Bills, maybe the Chiefs would uh, would make that happen. So that was a fun hour for me, hoping. I, I realize, you know, listen, I knew that was a super spicy take at, at the beginning, but I'm still taking my lip, victory lap on the over three and a half, um, which I would have bet in a heartbeat if, if we could do that down in Florida. Yeah, I can't remember what I had the Chiefs doing in our mock draft 2.0, but I know that we discussed wide receiver, and I told you there's no way I'm doing it. You passed on, right. on, two, yeah. on Jordan Addison and uh, yeah. I think Quentin Johnson as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at that, their group, I just didn't see it. Um, or no, you passed on, I think it was Zay and Quentin. Not, it not probably him. was, and Jalen. Yeah. Um, I will take a, uh, uh, what is this, uh, 5A. And uh, early on in the process, I talked to you about Quentin Johnston. And you told me, no, it's too early to talk about a TCU wide receiver. Uh, so I'm going to take a little bit of a, uh, a W on that one. Came off 21st. Chargers. I think I, 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 when I said too soon, I meant I'm an Eagles fan and we took Jalen Rager two, three years ago. It's too soon to talk to me about a TCU wide receiver. And by the I way, don't he, care. I don't care. <laughs> by we the way, 21st. By the way, they both went 21st overall. So uh, blessings to you, Quentin Johnson. I hope you can uh, <laughs> break that break that history. And I think you will. A great, great landing spot. Um, you know, I think the the boom and bust conversation around Quentin Johnston is uh, less bust in, in that situation. Maybe maybe he doesn't become a star, but um, playing for the chart, playing with for the Chargers in that dome with Justin Herbert, he's he's unlikely to completely fail. Yeah, you know, Rager went to the Eagles and, and Johnston goes to the Chargers and one of those teams will win a Super Bowl first and it's not going to be the Eagles. Uh, next up, I have Will Levis being selected 33rd overall by the Titans. Um, I know in our 2.0, I had Will Levis going first. I just wanted to completely blow it up. Yeah, I good. thought he would go first overall. Totally uh, makes sense to victory lap this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean... Going back, I, I've said that I thought that there would be a quarterback that slid. And uh, like we've talked about, if you get past Indianapolis at four, I, I really didn't see a team, maybe the Titans, obviously, um, 
at at 11 but you move past that point and i really just didn't see a landing spot for wide or i'm sorry for quarterback so i think it's interesting too that tennessee kind of used the same uh plan that they they used for malik willis uh pass on him show some patience wait for him to come down pick him when it's right uh don't overpick for him don't give up you know a considerable about amount to um and and obviously they got him there at 33 uh don't know if i love the fit don't know if i love will levis as a player either but um you know i i think he's going to get a real shot to start there uh obviously i think that they'll probably cut Tanhill, so it'll be between will levis and, and malik willis see how that one plays out i kind of felt the same way about levis as i did about johnston when, when we're talking about him being you know, Levis top five, Johnston top 10, 12. I thought that was a little crazy and higher bust potential, but with uh, Johnston going to 21 and Levis at 33, uh, all of a sudden I'm a Johnston and, and Levis fan. I think that these are good selections at, at good, at good locations. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Will Levis. I'm, I'm certainly not confident that he'll be a, a star in the league, but at 33 overall, um, commend the, the Titans for making the move, uh, especially trading up to do so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have it in front of me. I don't know what they gave up for it, but I know it wasn't a considerable amount. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. It might have been a three. I, I don't have it in front of me either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love the value there, right? Yeah. It, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Reportedly, uh, reportedly, they were trying to get back into the, the back end of the first round. I think we had highlighted Philly as a possibility there. Philly was in love with Nolan Smith, and the fact that he became, you know, <laughs> that he was available at 30 was pretty shocking. And then uh, I don't even want to try to butcher the Kansas State guy's name, uh, Anudike, um, going 31 to uh, the Chiefs. You know, reportedly, they, they really liked him as well. And, you know, those are guys that, most everybody had as a first round pick. So I, I think that the value there just wasn't enough for, you know, Philly or, or uh, Kansas city to, uh, to move back. Or yeah. They, I mean, or, or, or we're sitting here talking about Will Levis being a first round pick. Yeah. I mean, I think if they could have got Stetson Bennett to play safety, the Eagles probably would have taken them too. Uh, next up, we're going to go where we got things wrong. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, 13th overall, Will McDonald, 15th overall. Yeah, I'll own this one. Um, I I knew based off of conversations, based off of you know talking and mock drafts and you know the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world that these guys were going to go in the first round. <clears throat> I didn't like the tape. I mean, uh, Will McDonald had the the production over at Iowa State, uh, twenty two sacks, seven forced fumbles. Um, I saw a guy that was a liability against the run. Um, I worry at the NFL level, he's more of like a situational pass rusher, you know, maybe, maybe a Sam linebacker, um, you know, the, the, the pass rush ability is absolutely there. So I, I get that and I get the value in that. Um, but I mean, you got to take the guy off the, off the field. Um, <laughs> that's, that's going to be a problem. So maybe, maybe he develops and proves me wrong. Um, you know, I felt similarly with Lucas Van Ness. I, I see the tools there to, to potentially develop, um, I knew he's going to be a first round pick. You know, I had both these guys in my final mock in the first, so I wasn't way off, but going 13 and 15, um, both of those shocked me. 
more so Lucas Van Ness because I was sure that this was the year Packer Packer fans. I'm sorry. Uh, I was sure you were getting your first round wide receiver. Um, who do they end up with? Jaden Reed. I, I I do love Jaden Reed. He is one of my one of my favorites. And two tight ends and two tight ends. So I mean, you did get some pass catching help, but I, I thought this was was the year that you you take the first round wide receiver finally. Um, still love Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, sorry, he's not a Packer. So that you know, especially when they made that trade, I was you know I was sure that that they had uh, you know moved themselves up a couple spots to to secure the wide receiver one in this in this draft class. A guy who I think you know if he can develop properly and, and handle work on the outside can be a true number one in this league. Um, but yeah, as far as Lucas Van Ness and Will McDonald, you know, didn't miss by a ton, but no, in no world did I have them 13 and 15. It was always, you know, 27, eight to 31. I was, these were the last two guys I was always trying to jam in the, those two and, uh, and Udike Uzoma. Yeah. The Packers actually took three wide receivers. They took Jaden Reed 50th overall in the second round. Came back in the fifth round at 159 overall for Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia. And then in the seventh round at 256 overall, they took Grant DuBose out of Charlotte, who I saw at the Senior Bowl. Um, expected more out of him at the Senior Bowl. Don't know if his performance there really matched his tape. So I, I think an interesting player to watch during training camp and, and see um, my guess is it's, it's probably headed for practice squad there. So I, I wish uh, I made Jaden Reed a spicy take cause I, he was a late round wide receiver that I was a big fan of, not a 50th overall wide receiver um, that feels high, um, but he could pay it off. He could absolutely pay it off. So excited to see how he does there in green Bay. Yeah, it was an interesting draft for the wide receiver position because all these small I mean, guys, all these yeah, small you, guys. you have Quentin Johnston at six, four Jonathan Mingo to Rasheed Rice at six, two. And then Cedric Tillman at six, three Michael Wilson at six, two shorter at six, four Elijah Higgins at six, three Xavier Hutchinson at six, three. I'm all the way down to the sixth round. Those are those are your tall guys. That's it. Yeah, and my then, boy uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton went undrafted, unfortunately. And then you've got uh, Jason at six foot, Zay Flowers at five ten, Addison at six foot, Reed at six foot, Marvin Mims at five eleven, Tank Dell at five ten, Hyatt at six foot, Downs at five ten, Trey Tucker at five nine, Darius Davis at five ten, Charlie Jones at six foot. Tyler Scott at 5'11", Dontavian Wicks at 6'1", Parker Washington at 5'10". I mean... That's an unbelievable amount of... Right. Short for NFL. And they were all at the top. They were all at the top. I mean, you know, A.T. Perry, 6'5". I think he's the tallest one in the class. Um, so it was just a really, really interesting group of wide receivers. Because you had one tall guy at the top of the class, towards the top of the class, at that top tier, then a handful of slot receivers. So where do you take them? Where do they come off the board? 
um, you know, even going through that process, you hear stuff about Josh Downs, uh, his size, Tank Dell, his size, Jalen Hyatt, his size, Trey Tucker, his size. Uh, again, just go down the board, everybody's size. Um, it's 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 the size draft for sure. Uh, yeah, all over, all the way around. Yeah, Tank Dell at one sixty five. By the way, insane. Uh, moving on, I'm up. Uh, Joey Porter selected thirty second overall by the Steelers. So going back to Pittsburgh, they were picking seventeenth. They moved up to fourteenth. For Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle out of Georgia, and then circled back in the second round for uh, Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State. I actually had those two picks swapped. Um, I thought that they would go corner in the first round and uh, offensive tackle uh, to start that second round, and and I was off a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, we were close. On our la- on our final mock uh, podcast, we we wanted to go offensive tackle, um, and then I, I think I think I may have convinced you to go to Joey Porter. It, for me, it was always offensive tackle or Joey Porter. I didn't think that they were going to take another corner. Corner yeah. corner is definitely a need, um, but the Steelers had been signaling all offseason that they were going to go for offensive tackle at the Senior Bowl at the Combine. They they made it clear. They were all about offensive tackle. The Steelers don't really hide what they're looking to do. I, I wrote about that in my mock. We knew it was going to be Kenny Pickett. We knew it was going to be Najee Harris. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that they ended up going offensive tackle. And uh, you know maybe they read the board a little bit better than we did and, and saw Joey Porter was going to slide and, and they were able to get him there. They didn't have to trade up. You know they got the 32nd selection because of uh, the Chase Claypool trade, and uh, they're able to to secure both. So. Good for them. And I'll, I'll take a, a minor L here. Uh, while I had Banks over Porter, I, I definitely thought Porter was going to be a first round pick. So that's, uh, I forget the exact stat, but that, that's another another year of no Penn State uh, corner in the first round. Yeah, I mean, looking at the group of offensive tackles, <clears throat> Tom Harrison was still on the board. He came off 27th. Matthew Brown, who I think is going to play inside, but... Uh, he was listed as a tackle. That was 38th. Cody Mauck, he's playing inside. Um, Tyler Steen, he came off 65th. Wanya Morris, 92. Blake Freeland and Dewan Jones, who I think are really similar. Uh, they came off 106 and 111 in the fourth round. So I thought that there was a shot that they would use that second round pick on uh, Dewan Jones. So I was a little surprised there when he... Uh, fell all the way to the fourth round as he did. Um, but, you know, I think for Pittsburgh, they probably identified that as a higher value than corner. And, um, you know, obviously it worked out for him because I think they got the the player that they wanted. Yeah, definitely more of a O-line run than cornerback run. So a little bit of a surprise at least. And Steelers read it right. And, hey, the Steelers had a great draft. Good for them. Yeah. Moving on, Hendon Hooker selected 68th overall by the Lions. This is a big L for me. Um, maybe it's the big L for the NFL and not me. We'll see. I liked Hendon Hooker, man, and I still like Hendon Hooker. I think the Lions actually, I think, is a great landing spot for him, despite the fact that they 
seem were seemingly drunk when they drafted. Um, Hinden Hooker behind that offensive line with probably a full year to learn the the playbook, get fully healthy. I think is um, is a is a great landing spot for him. But the the L here is I thought he was a first round pick. Um, you know, I understand he's twenty five years old. I understand the offense was a little. I don't even like to use the word gimmicky, but the offense was a it wasn't it wasn't a pro style offense. Okay, it was a it was it was a college setup, and it was a little more one read. He's going to have to learn how to you know um, read defenses better <sighs> under the right in the right situation, which I think this can be. Um, love their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, I believe, um, did a great job last year. Um, it's, it's still a great situation. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Hinton hooker is going to the lions, but I missed, I missed. I thought for sure he was a first round pick thought that, uh, you know, the bucks should, should consider him at 19. I thought the, the Vikings, which should consider him at, uh, what 24. Um, I thought there was a chance there that the, you know, 29, 30, 31, somebody might try to trade back up for him. You know, I didn't, uh, I didn't really assume that Will Levis was still going to be available there. You know, there were every time uh, a quarterback needy team selected, I was like, you know, my buddies are like, Oh, is it, is it Levis? Is it Levis? I'm like, could it be hooker? <laughs> could it be hooker? So listen, I, I missed on this uh, as far as the the draft goes, I'll, I'll own this. Um, but listen, uh, Hannah hooker's got a fan in me. I'll be following him. I, I think it's a great landing spot. Uh, and uh, you know, I hope uh, he, he proves everybody wrong here in a, in a year or two. Yeah, I know there was a lot of talk about his age, which doesn't bother me. Um, you know, if, if you're telling me that I can get a quarterback for 15 years over their career versus 12, well, I'm still going to take 12. A, a little bit, of, to be fair to the haters, of which I am not, a little bit of this is his you know, dual threat mobility, right? And he's not going to be a dual threat at age 30 probably three, four, five. Um, I think coming off of the ACL that he will be a dual threat, you know, at 25, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, you know, 30, that does go away eventually. And that's a conversation, you know, for the Lamars and the Jalen's of the world, but, um, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think it had to do with his mobility. He, uh, <laughs> I, I think that they just looked at the number and, and wanted to say it. Um, now, however, I will say that looking at what the Lions did do, I know that you're hard on them. I'm not as hard on them. Um, look, they moved back to 12, still got Jameer Gibbs. Could they have gotten him with the 18th pick? Probably so. But in doing so, they also got the 34th pick out of that, which they used for Laporta. So, you know, they get Gibbs, you get Jack Campbell. Sam Laporta, Brian Branch, Hendon Hooker. Uh, those five players right there, I think, are highly rated. Uh, you can say that that Jameer Gibbs shouldn't have come off the board there at 12, but I think he was going to come off the board in the first round. So, you know, it, is, it, is it a premium pick? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, if you have your board and you have the players that you want to go after, you go after them. You, you can't. Sure. That's what know. they did. And their board's stupid. It, it was, they didn't get, they didn't well, consider, they didn't consider positional value. And you, you, is, you, is he, is he an upgrade over Swift? 
is Jameer Gibbs an upgrade over Swift? They clearly think so. Uh, I'm not sure, but we never got to really see because they never they never committed to him. Um, it submit it, it's irrelevant of whether or not he's an upgrade over over Swift. He's not a needle mover past Swift. If you've got Swift as your three down back, which they never did, but if you have Swift as your three down back and you you switch him out for Jameer Gibbs, you don't suddenly win more games. That's not how it works. That's not how running backs are. That's that's just, that's just the fact about running backs. I don't want to beat positional value to death here, but that's the problem with the, what what the Lions did. They didn't count. They didn't factor in positional value at all. You don't take a running back at twelve. I don't care who he is. And you don't take a linebacker at 18 either. Um, that's just not an off-ball middle linebacker type. That's that's just that's not that's not good use of, of first-round picks. And I, I hate to say it because I'm not a yeah, Lions. You're dead wrong. I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm right. The I, I hate to say it though. I, I I'm not a Lions fan, but I, they've been a, such an exciting team. They've been fun to watch. And, you know, putting Jameer Gibbs in there is not going to make them less fun to watch. That's for sure. But they could have done a lot more with those picks and move the needle a lot more towards actually winning a Super Bowl, which, again, is what it's all about. Yeah, we'll disagree. Uh, uh, running back ain't winning you a Super Bowl. Miles Murphy comes off the board 28th overall by the Bengals. Throughout this whole process, I've had him ranked high. Uh, at some point, I had him top 10. I really thought maybe he was top 15. Uh, talent. I thought he'd, he'd certainly come off the board before some of these other guys. Uh, so I, I think it's a little interesting to see where he did come off. Uh, you know, look, looking at, at that position of guys that came off the board in front of him, obviously you have Murphy at 28. <sighs> McDonald at 15. Nesset at 13. Uh Wilson at seven and then uh, Anderson at three. So there's from 15 to 28, uh, there's that big gap of yeah. edge rushers. So I, I didn't think that that gap would be as big as what it was. Um, and then, you know, obviously Murphy at 28, Nolan Smith goes to the Philadelphia Bulldogs at 30. <laughs> uh, Felix and Yudike Uzama, uh, 31st. Uh, Derek Hall, who I thought was a little overdrafted, 37th to Seattle. And then Isaiah Foskey goes 40 to uh, New Orleans. And BJ Ojolari, uh 41st to the uh, Cardinals. Yeah. So um, I just didn't think that there would be that big of a gap in the first round. And there there was, and that's that's what I got wrong. Yeah, there was no world where I had Murphy below McDonald and Van Ness. I mean, that's part of my L take there, but... Uh, Murphy, Nolan Smith, those were, those were hard to, it was hard to decide between which one of those to have higher. Uh, but McDonald and Van Ness were always lower. And again, you know, again, we're still talking first round picks here, but the, the order and, and where they ended up falling or, or going, uh, was definitely surprising. We just beat this one to a dead horse, but why not do it again? Uh, Jack Campbell selected 18th of the Lions. Yeah, I'll, I'll make it brief. I just, listen, uh, Part of this is an L on my part, and I'll, I'll own that. You know, um, it wasn't unusual to have Jack Campbell as a first round pick. Um, I just didn't see it. I didn't see it on the tape, and I didn't see the positional value. But I'm not the Detroit Lions, so uh, I don't want to go down that path too hard here. Um, Jack Campbell's a, a great player. He'll be a great player for them. They, you know, they got him. They got Laporta. They got Gibbs. That's it, those are exciting guys to, to add to the team. Um, 
probably makes the team better. I just uh, I don't see the value of taking a, an off-ball linebacker and Jack Campbell at 18, especially with the guys on the board, man. I mean, some of these pass rushers, some of those wide receivers, um, you know, the Lions are, are going into the year with uh, Stud and Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver and nothing else for six games. And, you know, we'll see what Jamison can provide after that. But, you know, you start 0-6, you're done. Yeah, I think it's fitting that uh, you're taking nail on this because you're dead wrong. Uh, Michael Mayer selected 35th overall by the Raiders. Uh, I get to throw in these comments when I'm the one controlling the banners. Um, I think we all kind of con- considered Michael Mayer as the first round uh, prospect in the 2023 NFL draft. He's not. Instead, he goes 35th to the Raiders. Dalton Kincaid, by the way, the only uh, first round tight end in this class. Um, as the board fell, you have Kincaid 25th to the Bills, Laporta 34th to the Lions, uh, Mayer 35th to the Raiders, Musgrave 42 to the Packers, Shoemaker 58th to Dallas. Uh, that was your top five tight ends. Yeah, I mean, Michael Mayer not being a first round pick is a surprise. I, I'm I think I'm Sam Laporta's biggest fan, and uh, I did not see him going in front of Michael Mayer. Um, that That's shocking to me. I, I'm not quite sure what it was that made him fall. I, I didn't hear any injury concerns. You know, we all, everybody throws the tag of like best all around tight end on him. And, you know, we as, as fans, at least, you know, we rate these tight ends more on their production in the, in the passing game. You know, we, we, we don't properly evaluate these, you know, tight ends as far as their blocking ability. And, and, you know, everybody loves, uh, you know, Mark Andrews, uh, everybody likes George Kittle, but, you know, I guess the farther he gets into his career, the more you see some of those nasty blocks from him, but we don't really talk about the blocking ability and, and, the the elite blocking ability of some of these tight ends. So, you know, like I said, he, he gets the tag of being the best all around, maybe, maybe, uh, Maybe the Bills value Dalton Kincaid more of like a, a slot wide receiver, you know, uh, and you see Mayer more of an inline tight end. And, you know, when you calculate in position va- positional value, like smart teams actually do, um, tight end is lower on the board. Um, but if you consider, you know, somebody like Dalton Kincaid to be kind of a slot ride wide receiver as well, um, then the value is there. And, and you know, I, I like Kincaid uh, all offseason. I said he was the best uh, receiving tight end, and I think that's why he ended up in, in the first round and, and nobody else did. Um, Mayer at 35, definitely, I mean, it's not a huge fall, but it, it definitely shocked me not to hear his name, um, you know, Thursday night and uh, to hear <laughs> hear my boy Laporta over him. That was that was a shocker. Well, I think what's what was surprising for me with the Buffalo Bills is you have Dawson Knox on that roster. Right, he's your starting tight end. Using a first round pick, because if if you want to knock teams for doing it at running back, you got to knock them at doing it for tight end as well. You have a starting tight end on your roster, and Dawson Knox, and you use a first round pick when you have other needs on the board, because you're trying to win a, a a Super Bowl. I don't think that Dalton Kincaid is getting you over the hump, right? But you use a first round pick on him. For me, it was early. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, uh, I think I, I, I think know, what happened. I don't know what else would have done in that situation, but um, yeah, you know, because you really don't have an outside receiver that you can can look to. But 
um, it probably wouldn't have been. I I wouldn't have gone tight end. To me, it, it feels like maybe they they uh, panicked a little bit on that one. So I think the board fell right, and that's I think why they why they traded up. A lot of people thought Dalton Kincaid was going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Um, you know, they they jumped right in front of them after that one run on wide receivers. So it, four wide receivers going back to back to back to back definitely played a part in how the rest of this draft fell. I think it played a part for the Giants as well. You know, they're sitting there with four teams in front of them. They just need one wide receiver to not get selected for them to get one. They don't get any. Um, and then, you know, uh, they, the uh, Bills trade up to, to get Dalton Kincaid. Like I said, I, I agree that tight end is not a great value in the first round. They oftentimes take, um, they, they take time to, to settle into the NFL. I mean, Kyle Pitts went, I want to say fourth overall. Um, and we haven't really seen, you know, him excel as a, as a pass catcher yet. Um, it, we see, we see more so with tight ends on on their second contract of starting to provide that value. And, you know, the team that selected in the first round doesn't always get that. So I agree that there's less positional value at tight end hundred percent. However, um, Dalton Kincaid is that good of a receiving tight end. And if they can flex him into the slot, keep Dawson Knox as an inline tight end. I think, I think they both play. I think they play it simultaneously and Buffalo needed help in the passing game. You know, we, they were constantly mocked wide receiver and, and those top four go. And, you know, unfortunately for my, my hot take, they didn't want to reach on one, um, but they wanted help in the passing game and, and, you know, behind Stefan Diggs, you know, you've got Gabe Davis who showed he could not be, uh, a, a steady number two. You got rookie uh, Khalil Shakir. Looks like you know maybe he'll step up more into to the slot role. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, but you know, the, the, no nobody proven outside of you know, I wouldn't call Dawson Knox necessarily a, a proven re- receiving option. But um, you know, I think with with Diggs, Knox, Kincaid in the slot, um, and Gabe on the outside, that that gives them more more firepower that they needed you know frankly the offense tailed off uh, towards the end of the season and uh, it wasn't as wasn't as strong and wasn't as intimidating I mean they they barely pulled out a win against the Lions with what uh, third string quarterback uh, Skyler Thompson I believe that the Bills just weren't the the high-powered offense we we thought they were for the whole season and uh, they, they needed help yep all right I think that's going to do it for this episode I'm Brian Lamb. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Lamb underscore ISN. Uh, right for NFLDraftLounge.com, uh, where we're already starting on 2024 content. So we've got uh, over 35 scouting reports on the site already. A couple 2024 mock drafts, position rankings, uh, the works. Uh, tell them where they can find you, Sean. Just uh, at Sean Balzer on Twitter. Um We'll see what uh, what I, what I can start cooking up on uh, Draft Lounge for this uh, next uh, next year's class. Excited to uh, to dig into it. Yep, and uh, don't forget to rate and review, like the podcast, and uh, tell us what you think. Till then, we'll see you next time.